The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. From the smallest cellular structure to the broadest life experiences, every thought, every belief, and every action has the power to transform every aspect of our lives because reality at its core is made manifest through consciousness and its direct connection to the quantum field. It's time to remove the self-imposed boundaries created by your reality and discover practical, everyday tools to transform your life. Now, here is your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Quantum Connection Radio Show. I'm your host, Marina Rose, QDNA, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. You've now entered the quantum field of the quantum connection, where we make the impossible possible, utilizing QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting-edge science of epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA programming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in health, life, and business. Now, during our show, we explore health, science and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living with some of the world's most influential thought leaders sharing their insights on how to optimize your health and well-being. Today, we have a wonderful guest and our guest, he is celebrated, groundbreaking, award-winning, best-selling author of a multitude of books. His latest book, The Genie in Your Genes, has been hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics. And in this book, he explains epigenetics and the remarkable self-healing mechanisms now emerging at the juncture of emotion and gene expression. He has authored numerous scientific studies through the foundation of epigenetic medicine. Dr. Dawson Church founded the National Institute of Integrative Healthcare to study and to implement promising evidence-based psychological and medical techniques. He also founded the Soul Medicine Institute to research and teach emerging psychological and medical techniques that can yield fast and radical cures. His groundbreaking research has been published in prestigious scientific journals. He's the editor of Energy Psychology Journal, Theory, Research and Treatment, a peer-reviewed professional journal. He's also a blogger for the Huffington Post. And Dr. Church coined the new term 
epigenetic medicine to describe healing techniques with epigenetic effects. He summarizes the science behind the infant fields of energy psychology and energy medicine, both of which offer promising epigenetic medical therapies and describes examples of powerful personal breakthroughs being achieved by therapists, doctors, athletes, entrepreneurs practicing these techniques. I invited Dr. Church to speak with us about the genie in our genes. I'm absolutely delighted, thrilled, excited beyond belief to have him on our show. Welcome, Dr. Dawson Church, to our show, Quantum Connection. Marina, it's wonderful to be here, and as he reviewed all of those facets of the possibilities in front of us, I'm excited too, because I know that as we share with your listeners some of the potential they have for self-healing and influencing their own well-being through their thoughts, their consciousness, their emotion, that we'll, we'll, we'll all realize just how, how remarkable the places we are now. So uh, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Dr. Church, I love this statement that you made, and I want to elaborate on it after I say it. And this is, quote, you. We usually look at miracles when we're in extreme peril, in a universe where the miraculous is available to us every day, where discontinuous positive change is always an option, and in which science has given us the understanding that genetic changes occur within seconds of changes in consciousness. It is high time we begin looking for miracles as a first resort, not as a last resort. Can you please elaborate on that from your perspective? There is an old saying dating back more than a century saying that there are no atheists in foxholes. So when people hear they have cancer, when people are confronted with a shock, say your, your wife or husband says, I want to get a divorce, when you really want a job and don't get the job you want, when you have some event in your life that startles you and rocks your world, then we, we often ask for something extraordinary. We want, we want a miracle. We want that miracle to keep our marriage together. We want uh, the miracle to be healthy. We want that miracle to have that money, get that job, whatever it might be. So that's when people, when they're, it, philosophers call those kinds of situations an extremist. When we're in extreme distress of some kind, we usually then will call upon some kind of higher power or, or look for a miracle, look for some way out of a serious situation we're in. And what I'm saying in my book, The Genie in Your Genes, is that miracles can happen all the time. We can actually attune ourselves to miracles. In fact, we can actually attune our neurological network to be consistent with miracles. We can actually have the kind of attitude, the kind of belief, the kind of consciousness that assumes an openness to miracles all the time. And when we are, when that is, is what we're cultivating in our awareness, then we that openness in our consciousness then can actually catalyze all kinds of remarkable things in the outer world. And so what I say is when it comes to your health, your well-being, your happiness, your relationships, don't think of miracles as being things that might happen to you once in a while. Wake up every morning and expect a miracle. Helen Keller said, live every day as though life were magic. 
And why not? Why not have that kind of approach to your life like a child at play? What will this day bring to me every single day? So I really encourage people in this book to, to have that approach to life, have that, 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 kind of, um, that kind of attitude toward their lives because when you do that, you're triggering a whole series, a whole cascade of genetic and neurological events in your body. And when we look down at the level of molecular biology, at the actual molecules active in your cells, those are changing when you have those kinds of thoughts. So expect a miracle, believe a miracle, act as if miracles are possible every day, and you actually catalyze miracles of healing in your body as well then usually catalyze miracles of events, people, and circumstances in your life as well. Thank you. I wanted you to elaborate on it because I live a life full of magic and miracles. It's written in my office everywhere. I'm one of the most positive people that I know. And people are just like, well, it just happens for you. One of the reasons I love your book is because it it gives you a way how to do that. A question for you is, why do you feel that people don't want to tap into magic and miracles of everyday life? Every moment, like you said, you brought in child's play, which I absolutely love because the child expects miracles every day. The child is a miracle. The fact that the child crawls around and then start, starts walking and, do, and starts talking it expects a miracle without the brain being involved. Why do you think the average person is unwilling to look at magic and miracles? Several reasons. That's a really fascinating question. And I think that another way of looking at it is why are people unhappy? And since the days of the Buddha, Confucius, probably since the age of uh, primitive tribes, people in caves in, in, in northern Africa and, and southern Europe, people have asked themselves those kinds of questions. Why, why, do, we, why do we act these ways? And why, why do we keep on acting in ways that are clearly detrimental to our well-being? Uh, and I'll take relationships as an example again, because I, I actually teach it online. I teach an online relationship course called Tapping Deep Intimacy. And what we, Mel, Melanie Beatty, who wrote the book Codependent No More, was once having uh, lunch with a friend, she said to her friend, are you still with that same guy you were with before? Her <laughs> friend said, yep, uh, different man, same guy. And she, her friend would go through these, these cyclical experiences and have miserable relationships and then leave them and then create another one just like it. So how do people create these circumstances over and over and over again? The more modern metaphor for that is conditioning, conditioned responses. And conditioning has fascinated psychologists for a century. In the 1870s, in, in Leipzig, Germany, in the first psychological lab, uh, a uh, pioneer called Wilhelm Mundt was studying conditioning. Uh, B.F. Skinner studied conditioning. The famous stories of Ivan Pavlov in Moscow in the 1920s, studying dogs having conditioned responses. And so we have this conditioned tendency to be who we are to act the way we act, to think the way we think, to treat our spouses the way we treat, treat them, to treat our bodies the way we treat them, to eat the food, foods we eat, to think the thoughts we've thought before, and then wonder why our, <laughs> why our lives don't improve. <laughs> right. I would That's say me. it's called insanity to do it that way, don't you? 
Yeah, we keep on do- doing the same old condition stuff over and over and over again. And the, the wonder and the tragedy of biology is that we have this new discovery in the last 20 years called neural plasticity. Absolutely. And it means that when you pass a signal through a neural bundle over and over again, the number of nerve fibers in that bundle gets larger and larger. Just the way if you go to the gym and practice lifting weights, you get stronger and stronger, you lift more weights. The exact same process is happening with your neurons. And so if you're thinking the thoughts of resentment, of anger, of judgment, of blame, of criticism, whatever it might be, then you're literally making those neural bundles in your brain bigger and stronger every time you do that. The research of Nobel-winning physician Eric Kandor, which I talk about in the book, uh, he, he found that if you pass a signal through a neural bundle for an hour repeatedly, the number of neural connections in that bundle doubles. So if you keep on thinking those old thoughts of anger, blame, resentment, shame, whatever it might be, you're actually making those bundles bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So after a while, it doesn't matter what's happening in the outside world. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. There can be miracles happening right in front of your eyes. And you don't see them because you've conditioned your brain. You've created this, this neurological network inside your brain that's only perceiving the old stuff, that's only perceiving the world the way you've made it, not the world the way it is. So we, we are confining ourselves to a far more limited, a far more hopeless, a far less hopeful, a far less miraculous world just by the quality of our thinking. And when you change your thinking and keep on sticking with that change day after day, hour after hour, you then start to recreate the neurology in your brain and guess what? You then see the stuff around you. There's one, one story in, in, in our online course, uh, which, which was this, this woman who came to one of our therapists, and she wanted to find a partner. She was in her, in her 30s, and she'd had a series of unsatisfying relationships, and, and her, her belief was that all the good men are taken. That was her, like, cliche, all the good men are taken. So the wonderful friend of mine who's a professor in New Jersey began to work with her and uh, did some of the methods of the book with her. And after a few sessions... The woman bounced into her office one day and said, guess what, I've, I, there's a guy I'm, I'm seeing. He is so nice, he's so wonderful, and um, I can't believe I just, I'm, we're so compatible, things are going so well. And so my therapist friend said to her, and, and where did you meet him? And the woman said, well, actually, you know, he, he's, he works uh, just three cubicles away down from me in the same office. And the therapist said, how long has he worked there? It was worth about six months. Well, why didn't you see him before? And there was, and they actually did get married eventually, and uh, they had a long and and successful marriage. Um, But he'd been right there. He'd been right there for six months. She hadn't seen him because of this neural wiring in in her brain to do with all the good men are taken. So we can, when we believe something strongly, we literally, we will recreate those circumstances over and over and over again in a self-reinforcing loop, make those neural bundles bigger, and literally shape the world outside of us to look like the world inside our heads. But it's not that way at all. It's full of magic. It's full of love. It's full of kindness. It's full of beauty, creativity, spontaneity. But we have to let go of that old story of who we are and that old story of how we see the world to perceive the world as it is with all its wonder. Absolutely, absolutely. She finally took that negative lens off of um, all, the, all the great men are taken. And many women and, and men also, well, excuse me, when I say men, men say all the great women are taken and the women say all the men, 
great men are taken. Yeah, it's taking off that negative lens regarding any issue. But I just find it fascinating as, you know, a researcher as well, and I'm, I've been in practice for a while, and, and just always looking at people, always looking at the negative. So I really, because you did such a beautiful job with the book, Jeannie, uh, Jeannie in, in Your Genes, I really wanted to get the listeners to hear what you had to say in regards to that. So thank you for that. Um, I want to bring up this. Why do you think the DNA spiral has become the defining icon of our civilization? So I'd like you to share light and shed light on why that is. Samuel Johnson, the great Elizabethan lexicographer, called his second marriage. He said, my my marriage is is the, the triumph of hope over experience. And we're a bit like that with science. We're always hoping that science will make things better. And science has done a lot to help us, and technology certainly has made our lives way easier. But the DNA molecule has become this defining icon, much more than it really should ever have been in our scientific story, because it promised to explain so much. Sir Francis Crick, who was the co-discoverer of the double helix structure of DNA, said that in his final book called The Astonishing Hypothesis, he said that you, your aspirations, your dreams, your desires, are nothing but a bundle of molecules and neurons in your brain. So he believed that science and that the DNA explained everything. But, of course, there are all kinds of ways that's not true. That for uh, over half a century, his, his, his philosophy that genetic determinism meant it's all in your genes, your genes the way you are, they encode, they hard code for your personality, all the structures of your, your being, and that's just the hand you're dealt at birth, and that's what you've got to live with. So there was that, that very powerful, uh, iconic idea of it's all in your genes. Now, of course, with the new field of epigenetics, which I explain in the gene in your genes, we're discovering it's not true at all. Only maybe 15% of your genes, one five percent of your genome, is actually hard-coded to where it does a certain thing, it is a certain way forever. The other 80-plus percent is dynamically evolving in relationship to all kinds of other outside factors. So uh, that, that story, that the gene DNA is so important, was a very, really compelling story for a while, but it turned out to be completely wrong. And it turns out that genes are being switched on, switched off in every moment. There's a whole class of genes I explain in the book called immediate early genes. And these genes reach peak expression within two or three seconds of a stimulus. So we have a stimulus, which can be a thought, a feeling, a core belief, an idea. And within two or three seconds, certain genes are completely changing their configuration. So that's why I advocate people really using this knowledge by by deciding what thoughts they'll think, what ideas they'll have in their consciousness, what experiences they'll, they'll catalyze in their lives. And as they cultivate good ones, new ones, kind ones, loving ones, peaceful ones, then they're shifting all of their gene expression deliberately themselves. And in the book, I call that becoming an epigenetic engineer, that you Mm. are literally doing things that catalyze the expression of genes that code for health and longevity. And I'm not just saying longevity like two or three days longer of life. There are studies now showing that highly stressed people live 
up to 20 years shorter, less than unstressed people. Stress winds up taking a toll in your life, not just on your health, but in your lifespan, and not just in terms of years, but in terms of decades. So you are literally going to live a much sicker, much shorter life if you are turning on those genes that are linked to stress. But if you instead are focusing on those genes, those practices that turn on the genes that are linked to well-being, then you're literally extending your life and certainly having a profound effect on your health. Absolutely. Living in expansion and conscious evolution versus constriction and destruction, basically, yes. right? I love that term, conscious evolution, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fact, just one riff on that. You know, when you, when you say constriction, that is a great term because when you feel constricted, when you feel emotionally constricted, when you feel um, just all uh, gummed up inside your body when you feel, feel physically bad, that is not just a subject of feeling. It's a biochemical state. It's literally a ratio between serotonin and dopamine, acetylcholine and GABA, cortisol mm-hmm. and DHEA. All kinds of neurotransmitters and hormones are changing, and you get very familiar with the state you're in. So if you get all contracted, for example, around... Um, around, say, for example, a new, a new task, or new experiences. If you're all contracted around certain people, if you're all contracted around your spiritual life, that sense of, subject to sense of being contracted is actually an inner biochemical state which you're familiar with, you're conditioned to, which is easy for you to evoke, and you tend to stay and remain in that state for, for a long time. So contraction is a great guide. Feeling contracted is a great guide to knowing that you have a lesson to learn here. You have, this, is, this is a time to breathe. This is a time to meditate. This is a time to do EFT. All the, all the practices I advocate in the book, do one of those things to move from that contracted state into an expanded state. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes, so you've actually answered one of my next questions. I was going to ask you about your genes and not your destiny, but you've kind of answered that unless you want to add more to that. You, you are your destiny. You create your destiny. Paramahansa Yogananda, the great teacher, would deliberately look for inauspicious dates. He'd consult astrologers. They'd say, oh, October 15th is the worst day of the year to uh, start a new building. So he would break ground for his new ashram on October 15th. He would deliberately do all those things which the astrologers and the soothsayers with, with the, that said were, you know, and he said, I create my destiny, not, not somebody else, and we do. We, to an enormous degree, we're creating our destiny. So we, we think it's things out there doing it. We think our wives, our husbands, our kids, the school, the government is doing it. But to a large extent, it's us doing it. And when we let go of that old story and empower ourselves and take charge of our life, take charge of our health, take charge of our relationship life, our financial life, we find that we can write an entirely new story and create a whole new destiny for ourselves. So that idea that there's some mysterious force there pulling the strings, and whether it's genes or whether it's astrology or whether it's God or whether it's some kind of universal pattern, a huge amount of your, how your life looks is entirely up to you. I'm not saying it's, enti- I'm not saying it's 100% up to you. Like, you know, for example, I'm, I'm six foot five tall. I have gray eyes. I have fitting brown hair. 
And um, that's just a biological fact. I don't think I'm ever going to be five foot six or seven foot two. So there are certain things that you don't bother trying to change. But as I mentioned, 80 plus percent of your genome is under your conscious direction, and you can shift the expression of those genes in, in all kinds of profound ways, and in, in, that, in doing that, create your own destiny. Absolutely, absolutely. And could you tell our listeners about the Human Genome Project and the fascinating discoveries that science found while cataloging all the human genes, while we're talking about genes? The Human Genome Project was very interesting. It was a very ambitious project at first. Uh, the first genome of, of an animal was first described in, in uh, the whole sequence in the early 80s. And at that time, when they began it, it cost about $400,000, almost half a million dollars, to sequence one gene. By the time they finished, it was costing about $4,000, so cost dropped dramatically. And the time it took dropped dramatically. And the number of genes dropped dramatically as well. Initially, they thought they would find something on the order of 150,000 genes. The, expression, the expectation was that to build a complex human being, we would need somewhere in the order of 150,000 genes. There are lowly uh, roundworms, little, little creatures that are found in the ocean that are about an inch long, and they have 32,000 genes. So it seems that we were going to need, need you know, 100,000 plus to explain human beings. And as the Human Genome Project progressed, it was finished much faster than anyone predicted because they found we only have about 24,000 genes. So how on earth is this complexity then born from such a limited amount of genetic material? And the answer is epigenetics, that there are factors there. For example, the way uh, um, a baby evolves as it's growing in the womb. There are all kinds of epigenetic factors which affect it, up to and including the environment that is um, generated by the parents. So what they eat is affecting it. The way they talk to each other, their, their, the quality of their emotional interactions is literally having an epigenetic effect on the building of that body, of that child in the womb. And so uh, the Human Genome Project was this really ambitious project which we thought would explain all kinds of things about us. But it's kind of like a map of the orchestra. We know, you know where the, where the, where the, how many trombones there are and where the cellos sit and so on. It tells us nothing about the kind of music that that, is, that orchestra is making. It tells us nothing about the processes. It's just, a, it's just basically a blueprint for the, our, the human genome. So what we do with it, that is up to us, and that's where we can make the magic. Great. Thank you for that. I really wanted our listeners to hear that because I read, you know, what they found and it was like fascinating. So let's talk about um, faith, prayer, thoughts, emotions, and intentions. All of those things can nudge gene expression. And I'll give you a practical example. Um, one of the stories I tell in um, one of my books is about a, um, a veteran, and he had been plagued since Vietnam by terrible flashbacks, terrible memories, insomnia, many medical problems, and his worst experience in Vietnam was when his best friend was killed. Mm. And for years, he'd had flashbacks and nightmares around this event. His best friend was killed by a sniper one day, shot by a sniper in Vietnam. And 
each day he and his best friend would go out on patrol, and they always walked out on patrol together, the two of them, in the same configuration. He was on the right, his friend was on the left, and that's how they would do their patrols. The day his friend was killed, for some odd reason, he was walking on the left, and his friend was on the right. So for 40 years in Vietnam, his explanation, his story around this is that he took the bullet that was meant for me. He had that Mm -hmm. guilt, survivor's guilt. He had anguish about his friend's death. And then he was doing EFT tapping, one of the techniques I advocate in Genie in Your Genes. And as he worked this therapist on that event in Vietnam, suddenly his eyes opened and he had this huge realization. He said, you know, I just realized just the way I would have died for him, and I felt the bullet was meant for me, he would have died for me. And suddenly, all of the anguish he'd had around his friend's death was replaced by inner peace. Now, what happened is that his nightmares went away, his flashbacks went away, and as he worked on other events as well from the Vietnam era and earlier in his life, he changed completely. We have so many veterans. We have a nonprofit as well that works with the veterans called the Veterans Stress Project. We have so many stories like that of veterans who, who had some kind of inner breakthrough and resulted in outer psychological change. So there, that is, that is very possible for this to happen. And stories like that are the practical human side of the research. So I can tell you about cortisol and about how research shows that this lowers our cortisol, raises our most important cell regeneration and youthfulness hormone, So we know that those things are happening in the brain. It's balancing our levels of serotonin and dopamine. It's having these good effects on our neurotransmitters. But there are those stories of healing. And that is really the most moving thing to me is when I hear about the woman who found her soulmate and got married to him or the veteran who was released from that lifetime of PTSD. That's where these kinds of epigenetic phenomena really impact real human lives and give people a far brighter future than they would have had they not had that breakthrough. Absolutely. Like for me, as as you said, it, it's, it, well, it's heart-wrenching and like it brings tears to my eyes when we see these beautiful journeys that these people go through and um, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching and you're you're telling this story that gives hope to someone else that gives hope to another person another person another person and it's just wonderful because people really need to heal on so many different levels that's why i was asking you very specific questions so people can really understand what faith is, what prayer is, what thoughts are, emotions and intentions. That beautiful story you told about the Vietnam vet, yes, he finally got peace going. I would have taken that bullet for him. That's what we did for each other. And he got that beautiful resolution. And that's wonderful, isn't it? It is. And just imagine if he hadn't got that. So, so often we drag our tragic stories behind us our whole lives and we explain our lives in terms of our tragic stories. I am this way because of my mother, because of my father, because of my upbringing, because I didn't have this, because I don't have that. I can't do this. I'm a woman. I'm a man. I'm too short, too tall, too old, too fat, too thin, too broke. Too... We have all these expansionary stories for reinforcing our limitations. And our limitations mm-hmm. are simply 
figments of our imagination, our li- limitations are most of the time purely in our consciousness. And so when somebody's suffering, and imagine that, that, that veteran not spending just 40 years suffering with that memory, but spending 60 years suffering from it, I can tell you this also makes people really sick. There is a, uh, it was a huge study done by Kaiser Permanente called the ACE study, and they looked at adverse childhood experiences, unresolved childhood trauma, and they found that people who have high amounts of unresolved childhood trauma have higher incidences of diabetes, heart disease, cancer, hepatitis, depression, suicide attempts, all kinds of medical problems 50 years on and and later. So not dealing with your emotional trauma means that you carry your tragedy with you on and on and on into your life. And that's the real tragedy is when healing is right there, is really available. Um, and, and people just don't, don't do it. It's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. So you have, you have a family member. I know one of our practitioners right now is dealing with this, but she has a family member, and her family member is just not interested in anything she offers. Mm-hmm. And um, you just, you can't m- make people heal if they have to choose it. When you That's do choose right. it, though, there are so many choices that can make so radically improve your life that the, the real tragedy is that this optional suffering, suffering that needn't be there, that people drag along with them their whole lives long, when just a few sessions of meditation or EFT or any one of a number of other therapies I discuss in the book that are easy to do, easy to learn, easy to apply yourself, just do them, and suddenly that whole burden of suffering can lift. Absolutely. You talked about the tragedies that people choose to carry with themselves. I mean, imagine energetically how that's just bouncing off every cell and DNA strand in their body. Of course, they're going to get sick. Of course, they're going to, you know, pass away earlier. There's going to be more tragedy, compounding, compounding, compounding. They can't even, there's not a moment of peace. Yeah. 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 Um, so my, my next question is this, and you touched on it ever so slightly. Why do you think people don't choose to do energy, energy medicine first and they choose to do everything else? They want the quick fix. For instance, I have a client whose mother is, I call her a junkie. She's not a street junkie, but she's a prescription junkie. <laughs> you know, she goes to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist keeps giving her new drugs. And I'm working and I have gotten the daughter off a lot of the drugs now. And I got to tell you, I get teary eyed about it because I'm so excited about it. But why do you feel people will not do energy medicine first and they'll do everything else first? It is a puzzle because when you look at the data and you compare the results, of many energy therapies to results of drugs. Now, drugs, drugs are necessary sometimes. There are some wonderful drugs, and certainly for things like emergencies, drug therapies can be life-saving. Mm. But what people you do is what you're describing, is they go to drugs first rather than looking at what they can do for self-care. And there are several reasons behind it. I think one is that many people are unwilling to take responsibility for themselves and want to just have something magically fix them. And uh, our bodies are very complex, doesn't quite work that way, and there are these things called side effects. And research is now showing that, that drugs like statins have side effects. Lipitor, for example. Lipitor, one of the, one of the um, figures in Lipitor is that 
it's what's called the number needed to treat, NMT ratio, is 99 to 1. 99 people have to get Lipitor for one to benefit. So that's not a very good, good ratio. Uh, Xanax, uh, six people have to get Xanax for one to benefit, but of every six people who get Xanax, three will have unpleasant side effects. So more people will be harmed by taking Xanax than be benefited by it. So we, you know, we really, we, we, we dash these drugs thinking that they're going to make us miraculously not have to deal with our, our stuff, but we do. Uh, they, they don't just mask the symptoms. They don't uh, really, they're not, they're not cures. They, they, they manage the symptoms in some way. So uh, part of it is a lack of taking responsibility wanting to just hand over responsibility to some magician, shaman, alchemist, doctor, who you think will uh, wor- make the magic meal out of the bones and the, uh, the flour and feed it to you, and you'll be, you'll be okay. And uh, there's certainly a lot of placebo effect in that, and that might be good. But I think that's, you know, part of it is, is lack of responsibility. And a lot of it is, is, is a lack of understanding. People just do not realize how, for example, in one study I talk about in the gene in your genes of the relaxation response, done at Harvard by this famous Dr. Herb Benson. And he found that when people were taught the relaxation response and practiced it for six weeks, over 1,500 genes were being positively affected. Immune genes were being upregulated, turned up. Mm. Inflammation genes were being turned down. All kinds of beneficial positive effective effects on the genome from learning to relax. So part of it is lack of understanding, which is why I wrote the gene in your genes to be quite simple. So it's, not, not a, not, it's not a science textbook. It's, uh, it's a book that explains the scientific discoveries in these really practical terms. So if you realize how many genes are being affected when you think a negative thought or a positive thought, if you realize when you love yourself, when you are kind to yourself, when you have compassion for others, when you do an altruistic act, that you're literally turning on beneficial genes, turning down regulating cancer genes, heart disease genes, if you, if you realized all that was going on, that might motivate you to take more responsibility for your health. So I think that part of it is um, just the search for the magic bullet, which doesn't usually exist, and the second is a lack of understanding of how profound the effects are of these simple, simple epigenetic interventions that I'm mentioning that can have a radical effect on your health. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Dr. Dawson, we're running out of time. Dr. Dawson Church, I sorry. I like calling you Dr. Dawson for some reason. Oh, well. Um, it just rings nicely. Anyway, we've run out of time. So I want to thank you so much for coming on our show, Quantum Connection. You're such an incredible gift to me in the universe and all of her people. You are like the Energizer Bunny that just keeps on giving, going and going and giving and giving. And it was such an honor to have you. I'm so grateful to have this slice of life experience with you. And you're definitely a paradigm shifting scientist and researcher. You've given so much to our world. And I'm blessed to have this show documented with our treasured archives for our future listeners. So your gift can keep on giving. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are amazing. Looking forward to your next book. Mm, Thanks again. Thank you. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. You're listening to Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at marinarosequdna.com. Now, back to Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit. Well, you guys, did you just love Dr. Dawson Church? I mean, was he amazing? What a gift to have him on the show. Welcome back to Quantum Connection Radio Show, exploring health, science, and spirit to totally accelerate your path to extraordinary living. The telephone lines are open for you to call in. The number is one 346 9141 And you can email me if you like at info at marinarosequdna.com. So quantum DNA acceleration is based on the four pillars of health, epigenetics, which Dr. Dawson Church just talked 
quite beautifully about and has written so beautifully in uh, Genie in Your Genes, neuroplasticity, DNA programming, and quantum field theory. This is the way to change your DNA and instantly change your life. It's the way to change your gene expression and creating the genetic destiny that you want to create. It's the way to unlock your emotional creative intelligence. And it's really the way to take total control, total responsibility, and creating the life that you want. And as Dr. Dawson said, designing your own brain to achieve what you want to achieve. Because if you believe you can achieve it, but you have to believe it first, okay? So QDNA is about retraining and reprogramming your brain for success, for health, for having the lifestyle that you want, the, the marriage, whatever it is that you want in your life. QDNA is one of the fastest ways to fast track your life to success in all areas of your life. It's an ancient Vedic science meets modern quantum science to balance, heal, and transform. We are all connected to everything and everyone 24-7. Even if you think we're not, believe me, you are. You are part of the universe. There is no separation between you and the universe. This is a very old Buddhist concept. It's also quantum physics. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration is about is about creating a lifestyle in all areas of your life that is under the one umbrella of quantum living, which is in the quantum realm. It's one of the easiest way, one of the easiest ways to create that quantum living lifestyle in the quantum realm is through positive passion. It's through positive passion that is that driving force to make you want to believe in magic and miracles without having to wait till your back is up against the wall. That will make you take, yes, this is what I want now. I want it now because my positive passion driver is just accelerating me to get what I want now. Whatever way it's going to work, it's going to work, but I want it. This is that child. It's that energy of that beautiful child wanting what they want. And they expect the magic and miracles. And so, therefore, they get it. They know how to get it. They don't even ask questions. They just go, "Mm, look, pointing. I want that, that. That's what I want. So, This is one way to get that quantum living lifestyle in the quantum realm. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, is the intracellular holographic matrix, decoding, reconstructing, reorganizing, and then recoding the mind and body for limitless manifestations and healings. Would you like to know what it's like to have your DNA programmed for what you would like to have in your life? Just think about what you would like to have in your life and I'll program your DNA for it. So all you have to do is just say yes in your mind's eye and I will download you just like a computer program. Here we go. Beautiful. Now welcome to your beautiful DNA and your beautiful gene expression Hopefully, 
of wonderful expansion and getting rid of all the negative chemical receptor sites so you can get rid of the constriction because we want to give you everything that you want to have in the highest and best way for your highest and best good. So do you feel the difference? Can you feel the difference in your body? Just take a moment and feel. Can you feel the difference of positivity versus negativity? It certainly feels good to me because I just downloaded myself what I wanted while I was downloading you all. Science is perhaps the last place you think you'll get what you want, when you want it, and how you want it delivered to you. Quantum physics is definitely paving the way for all of us. And we've got amazing doctors like Dr. Dawson Church, who has shown you in his book how to design and create your brain for what you want now. Quantum creativity is just one of the most powerful visualization techniques used for personal growth and transformation. If you want to live a life that is full, a life that you've always wanted, guess what, babies? It's up to you to create it. No one else is going to create it for you. That is the old Newtonian physics model, waiting for someone else to give it to you. So let's get over that one real quick and let's get into, hey, it's 2015. Let's start creating what we want, when we want, how we want it and and, and expect it to be delivered to us magnificently because you're worth it and you deserve it. The old Newtonian physics model was perceived by the world, everything in it, as merely a small part of a giant mechanical universe, separate and disconnected. We're all connected to everything, everyone, everywhere. Your environment is a complete reflection of you. If you don't like your environment, you have to change you. You are standing in the way of your own life. And that's what Dr. Dawson Church was saying. He was talking about we have all these incredible techniques that we can use, whether it's qDNA, whether it's EFT, whether it's epigenetics, neuroplasticity. We have so many incredible techniques. It's about taking responsibility and going for it and creating your beautiful genetic destiny of your choice. If you feel separate from everyone and everything, you are the one that separates you from the universe and your environment. So stop doing it. How's that? QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, is about creating a quantum lifestyle in all areas of your life that is under the one umbrella of quantum living. It is a lifestyle that marries the knowledge of ancient Vedic science and modern quantum science. Both Vedic science and modern quantum science tells us that we are all part of a dynamic, inseparable web of pure energy, whether we call it the field, as Albert Einstein calls it, Max Planck calls it the divine matrix, I call it the intracellular holographic matrix. You may call it any other name. It's still the field. 
everything in our lives and the universe belongs there. Quantum living is about creating all that we want now, having it all now with minimum effort, without struggle, without hardship. When in the quantum realm, life unveils itself very profoundly, and sometimes it actually startles people. And would you like to know why? Because in that world, that world is unfixed. It's not solid. It's not mechanical. It's disconnected, separate, but rather it is one fluid, dynamic, ever-changing, infinite, eternal one. So it's totally interconnected to everything and everything. It is deeply interconnected and interwoven into the fabric of all things in our universe and in fact interconnected to our very own consciousness itself. This is where quantum creativity resides. Some of our most brilliant thinkers suggest that we are part of an incredible, giant cosmic hologram projected quite literally from the edge of the universe. They believe we also exist in affinity of parallel worlds. Now, just imagine that we live in parallel worlds. Why don't we bring that parallel world with that parallel life that you're living, that you're enjoying over there? Bring it here. Become one with it. Be all that you can be now. Let's get past you so you can have everything that you would like to have. This is where quantum creativity explores the concept that the reality that we experience is responsive to us and actually molds our expectations. So bottom line is what you expect is what you receive. If you want to change your expectations, you just change your expectations. You change it with thought prayer, beliefs, doing epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA programming, doing quantum field theory, going into the quantum field and creating the life that you want. It is so easy. It is so wonderful. This is the law of cause and effect and quantum physics. When we make different causes to get a different expectation. As I always say, change your beliefs, instantly change your life. I do offer programs for this and you'll be able to see them on my website, www.marinaroseqdna.com. Just like the boundless creativity of a child, quantum creativity techniques teach us to harness the power of imagination to visualize our future selves, knowing that the future of who we are tomorrow is not determined by who we are today. This is an important ally when we feel stuck on a path of full uncertainty. So create 
the person that you want to create now. I'm going to leave you with that. Create the person that you want to create now. Think about it and stay tuned for next week. We have another incredible guest. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the quantum connection. Thank you for your heartfelt connection. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for enjoying Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. Please join us again for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your DNA, instantly change your life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.